Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Hi, everyone. My name is Oscar Garcia. I am the Chief Empowerment Officer of Aspita Consulting, and I am thrilled to spend some time with you to give you some LinkedIn for job seekers tips. Um, Aspita Consulting and Palo Alto Networks, we've enjoyed uh, for the last few years a very close partnership. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be giving you some tips that whether you are a pro on LinkedIn, or you are just starting off or anywhere in the middle, you're going to be able to walk away with some very practical, very actionable tips that you can start implementing today to help you in your career journey and to help you ultimately attract opportunities. So let's get started. So the agenda, I'm going to be covering six things uh, in this training. First, I'm going to be talking about how to build your brand. Building our brand is the foundation to attracting opportunities and helping us in our career growth. Number two, I'm going to be talking about what is LinkedIn and why is LinkedIn important? Now, I'm actually going to give you kind of from a different perspective on how to look uh, at LinkedIn. Number three, um, I'm going to get into some tips on how to optimize our LinkedIn profile. Number four, I'm going to talk now how to uh, grow our connections, how to network, and I'm going to come to you from an introvert's perspective, because believe it or not, my natural personality is an introvert, and so I want to come to you from that uh, perspective. Number five, we'll be talking about how we can begin to share our expertise. We're obviously amazing at what we do at our jobs and um, you know, we have experience throughout our career journey, or even if you don't have experience and you're just starting off, there are ways that we can showcase that expertise. And then lastly, number six is I'm going to leave you with three job search strategies. So pull out a pen and paper or open up another screen, but start taking some notes. Um, so let's get started here. Okay. So what and why LinkedIn? I want you to think of LinkedIn like a career journey blog. Why do I say that? Well, first of all, think of what a blog is. Um, about two years ago, I took a trip to Panama to do a series of workshops. And I had never been to Panama like most people, the only thing I knew about Panama was the Panama Canal. And so what did I do? I went online. I started looking and watching YouTube videos. I started reading articles. I started going to some blogs uh, of people that had traveled to Panama so that I can learn. Now, when we go to a blog, um, obviously, we're looking for the most current information, right? And if we notice that a blog hasn't been updated in a while, we might give that blog a second chance and maybe come back 
a week or two later to see if it's been updated. If it hasn't been updated, we move on and look for something that is more current. Now, why do I say career journey? Because everything that we have been doing in our career, I don't care, you know, back in high school, when I started working as a busboy and then I became a server and et cetera and so forth and, you know, worked in tech, all that experience is part of my career journey. And so we are going to pick and choose some of those pieces of our career journey and highlight those things that are most relevant for the opportunity that we are applying uh, for. And the reason I say blog is because we want to keep our LinkedIn profile career journey current. So like I mentioned to you, the foundation to attracting opportunities to for your career growth is creating a strong professional brand. Now, I like to keep things really, really simple. There are four main parts to our brand. Number one, it is our image. In our image, I refer to it as both what we see about someone, whether it's face-to-face -face or lately over the last year, virtually via camera, okay? And then also what we find out or read about someone online. And think about that because sometimes people say, well, you know, Oscar, I'm kind of a private person or I'm not active on social media, et cetera, and so forth. You know, that's just not for me. Well, I'm going to tell you something. This is 2021 and the world more than ever has gone virtual in this last year. So it is important that we have an online presence. And also think about this, right? Those first impressions that we give people. So I'm going to share with you some tips of some things that we can do to help us with our online presence uh, uh, as well. The second thing that makes up a professional brand is our mission. Now, again, I like to keep things very, very simple. I like to refer to as my mission as our why. Why do we do what we do? I'll get into it, those uh, specifics here shortly. Number three, your values. We all have personal values. Companies also have values. Oftentimes, it's referred to as the company culture. The more we can align our values with the company's culture, one, when we go to an interview, it's going to come across. We're going to be excited. We're going to be fired up, right? And they're going to be able to see that and sense that. And number two, when uh, if we do get hired, we're going to be a lot happier in that uh, role at that company when our values in the, in the company culture aligns. And then lastly, your vision. Now, I am not here to talk about how to create a five-year, 10-year plan. I don't even know what I'm going to have, you know, to eat later on today, let alone a five, 10-year plan. But what I am here to tell you is, can you at least have, do you at least have an idea? And can you communicate the idea where you see yourself in the next six months, in next year, why you are interested in that particular role position, communicating your vision? That's what I mean. So again, our brand is made up of our image, our mission, our why, our values, and our vision. Very simple. Now, 
I do want to tell you before I get into uh, talking about LinkedIn profile, a little more about that mission because it's critical and it's going to play a role throughout creating your LinkedIn profile. There are typically two types of whys. There's the personal why and there's the why of what's in it for others. In this case and throughout your job search and your LinkedIn profile, I want you to be thinking about how can you communicate your why in terms of what's in it for the employer, what's in it for them. Let me give you an example of what I mean. On a personal level, the reason why I do what I do is because I love helping people dream bigger, I love inspiring them, and I love serving them. That's my personal why. But the why what's in it for you, what's in it for my clients is I empower you so opportunities come to you. You notice a difference? The first one has to do with me personally. But the second one has to do what's in it for you. And that's how I want you to think of your why of when you are creating your profile, when you're interviewing, you always want to communicate that you understand the needs of the organization, the needs of the role, the industry, and why you are the best fit for that role to fill those needs. Okay, so optimizing your, your uh, LinkedIn profile. I'm going to start with some basics and I'm going to get into some more advanced things because, you know, people are all over the place here. So first of all, okay, one of the basic things that we want to do is add a professional looking profile picture of ourselves. Um, I am not saying that you need to hire a professional photographer. No, literally today with the camera of your cell phone, use the, the front uh, um, or excuse me, the back camera, because it has higher resolution, and just have someone take a picture of you. Um, find a background that matches your skin tone, and smile. Smiling is critical. Why? Because we come across friendly when we smile. Now, some people uh, sometimes tell me, well, but Oscar, I don't like my smile. I know. Can I tell you something? I didn't like my smile either. And then I go work the local chamber of commerce, a lot of ribbon cutting ceremonies, a lot of public events, pictures and all that type of stuff. And I was like, oh, God has a sense of humor here. And you know what I did? I started practicing my smile. So if you're one of those that doesn't like your smile, practice. Because again, you're going to come across friendly. Remember, the, remember that, that image, part of your brand, that first impression? Okay. Next right underneath our name, where you see in this example says productivity tech expert helping companies boost employee efficiency and grow profits. That is what LinkedIn calls a headline. This is one of the critical areas that you're going to want to um, change. If you don't add anything, the default is whatever your last position or your current position that you have listed on LinkedIn. So for example, if you're a software developer and you don't change your headline, LinkedIn is just gonna automatically take that title of software developer and put it right up there. Don't do it like that. Don't leave it like that. Let me give you some examples here, okay? So I'm gonna use again myself as an example because this is where we begin to, to, to craft our brand and manage our brand. So when I was the head of the local chamber of commerce, my title was president and CEO. But on LinkedIn, I changed it on my headline to say compassionate capitalist CEO. 
It sounds like an oxymoron, I know, okay? But believe it or not, I would get sometimes people that would copy my headline, Compassionate Capitalist CEO, with a question mark and message me. And you know what? I was okay with that because that invited a conversation, a dialogue. And see, one of the things that you always want to do is you want to create um, that dialogue, that conversation with the recruiter, with the hiring manager, with someone so that you can begin to tell your story. Then I did a one-year uh, contract uh, gig at LinkedIn, and my title at LinkedIn was Community Partnerships Manager. But on LinkedIn, my headline, I changed it to say, Building Community Through Public and Private Partnerships building community through public and private partnerships. Short little phrase, almost kind of like a tagline. It gave you an idea what I did, but it left you curious, wondering like, what is this guy talking about? And hopefully it drew you into my profile so you can read more about me. Then today, my title is Founder Chief Empowerment Officer, which is a play on the uh, acronym CEO, okay? But on LinkedIn, I have gone keyword in this case. So I have CEO, I have introvert turned international speaker, LinkedIn and social selling, career development, and community relations. See, I've gone keywords because LinkedIn also uh, is a keyword driven platform. People go into, you know, recruiters, hire managers go into the search field and they start typing certain uh, keyword skills and see what pops up. Now, you might be asking, well, what do you recommend, Oscar? Should I go like a short little tagline phrase like you did when you were at LinkedIn or should I go keywords? It depends. It depends. If you are more in the like technical field, I use the example of software developer, you know, programmer, uh, or if you're kind of in, in, in accounting, you might want to go keywords. What are the keywords that you use? Look up some job descriptions and highlight the skill sets that they're looking for. And when you start seeing some a pattern of common skill sets across the job descriptions that you're interested in, assuming you have some knowledge of that skill set, use some of those key skill sets and put them up in your headline, okay? If you are more maybe like in sales or you know other uh, positions, maybe community relations work like I, I did, maybe you can go um, a phrase, kind of a tagline uh, that you can do, use on your um, headline section. Next, your about section. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is probably gonna be the toughest part of your LinkedIn profile. Why? Because depending on where we are in our career, we got to come up with a short paragraph, it's concise, and that encapsulates what we've been doing, you know, who we are and what we want to do, et cetera, and so forth. But here's some tips. First of all, I want you to write this like it's a personal story of your career. Imagine you and I were sitting across a table at a coffee shop, and I introduced myself. Hi, John, Oscar Garcia, nice to meet you. Hey, so let's start off. Why don't you tell me about yourself? You would go ahead and tell me again about your career journey, how you got into it, how long you've been doing it, type of work that you do. And if you're looking to transition careers, you would share that with me too. It would just be a casual conversation. That's how I want you to think. And that's how I want you to write this about section. Now on the right, bottom right-hand side, you will see that there are three questions here. 
in your about section, look at answering these three questions. And it doesn't have to be in this order, it's any order that you feel is right for you. So first of all is, who are you? By that, I mean, what are some of your personality traits? Number two, what do you do? That is, again, where you are talking about your career journey. And then number three, why do you do what you do? What's your passion? What's your cause? What's your belief? Remember the why that I mentioned earlier? This is where we talk about it. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of some about sections. First of all, let me share an example of John Doe here. Don't write it like this, okay? Don't. This person says, educator, teacher, administrator, manager, and consultant with experience in board governance, nonprofit, corporate, international business development, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Pause, time out, stop. This is not how we talk. Imagine again, we're at that coffee shop and I'm like, so John, tell me about yourself. And John begins to say, educator, teacher, administrator, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I would be like, this guy is odd. Like, I can't, why can't he speak normal? <laughs> okay. Don't do it like this. It's not, it's obviously this person is highly qualified. Okay. But it's the wrong way to write, to express, to tell your story. Here's another example. So Angelica, okay. You notice right underneath her name, she says, aspiring professor of ethnic studies. Obviously it's very clear, very simple. Okay. Headline. She says, I am a student at California State Monterey Bay who aspires to one day become a professor of ethnic studies. My goal as a future educator is to help create an engaging, creative, and strong educational foundation for future generations. My passion for education has been an ongoing cause that has led me to volunteer for organizations such as Mesa de la Comunidad in the City of Mount View's Youth Advisory Committee. By pursuing my passion for academia, I hope to expand my horizons and gain more insight into a world of limitless possibilities. Folks, this is a very powerful about section. It is concise. She answers the three questions that I mentioned earlier. And the other thing too is, again, you notice how she obviously doesn't have any experience being a college professor. She wants to be a college professor. She is selling her vision. I don't know about you, but if she was to reach out to me via LinkedIn and say, Oscar, can you introduce me to you know, the chancellor at such and such college or university or the dean at such and such department? I would read her about section and I would be blown away. I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's young. She knows how to communicate. She's articulate and, and, and she knows what she wants. It just facilitates that introduction versus the one prior was like, you know, going on and on like a laundry list. So here's a very good example of uh, a very uh, uh, concise um, and very effective uh, uh, um, summary of your about section. Okay, let's talk about next the featured section. All right, this is an area that LinkedIn has come out. Again, the featured section up above has the about section. And I want to highlight again, if you notice in the little teal blue, I have my Y section. This is the way I'd leave with my Y in my about section. You can choose to do it that way, or you can, you know, maybe save it towards the end of your paragraph. But right underneath the about section is the um, 
this featured section. And the featured section is an area that allows us to highlight things about our expertise, our knowledge uh, that, um, that others can see. So for example, you can upload um, links to some videos, maybe they're on YouTube, maybe you giving a presentation, you know, some kind of a talk. Uh, you can upload um, PDFs, some PowerPoint slides, you know, multimedia, you can even highlight certain posts. Maybe there's a post on LinkedIn that just speaks to your expertise and there's a lot of great comments, et cetera. And so you can highlight uh, these posts under the featured section. Next, our education. Obviously, you know, we're gonna list what school or colleges we have uh, gone to, but here's the thing that I do want to point out is, is that if you are um, applying for a job that is kind of more technical, it gets software development, accounting, et cetera, um, or that job that you're applying for requires certain education skill sets and so forth, make sure that you highlight that education uh, in the in this section here. Don't assume that's, that a recruiter or uh, someone at a company knows that just because you have a degree in accounting that um, you have certain skill sets uh, within accounting. So make sure you highlight uh, that information here. Next, work experience. Another critical area here. Let me give you some tips. So Obviously, you're going to list the name of the company, okay, and you're going to uh, list your your title, your role, uh, your title, excuse me, there. But you're also going to want to list your um, role and responsibilities. Now, I want to save you some time, also in writing this, because I am not a professional HR person that knows how to write job descriptions, and I think many of you uh, watching this training aren't either. So, a tip here is. Again, do a Google search for the job descriptions, maybe three to five job descriptions of positions you're interested in that, or excuse me, that you um, have performed similar to what you've done. And assuming you've done that work, use some of that wording to describe your role. For example, a while back, I co-founded a nonprofit with family and friends. And so for many years, I used to call myself co-founder, co-founder, co-founder. Then one day I started seeing the phrase social entrepreneur, social entrepreneur. And I was like, what the heck is a social entrepreneur? And I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. So I changed from co-founder to social entrepreneur. And guess what? If tomorrow they come up with a new phrase, I will change it, but I'm going to stay relevant. Okay. The other thing that I want you to do is add examples of your work. Similar to the feature section, you can add multimedia, PowerPoint, videos, et cetera, and so forth, okay? You add it, you'll notice in this example, those images there, those are examples of my work. The last point that I wanna talk about is that LinkedIn gives us the ability to highlight if we've been at an organization for a number of years and you know we've been promoted, taking on new roles, that you can then, um, within that company, you're able to list the different roles and responsibilities uh, that you have, which is what I've done here in my example. Skills 
and endorsements, another important area here. So what I want you to do, uh, LinkedIn gives you the ability to add up to 50 different skills. Um, rearrange the skill set so that you are listing the top three to five skills at the very top of this section, okay? And, um, and then look at getting endorsements. Now, be a giver, not a taker. What do I mean by that? You endorse other people's skills and in return, they, they get notified and in return, oftentimes they'll endorse you as well. The other thing that you can do is just reach out to your network of people who know about those particular skill sets and just ask them like, hey, would you mind endorsing me for these skills? Um, volunteer experience. This is also an important area. Sometimes we've taken a break from uh, working because either we were caring for family members, um, you know, we were being a caregiver, you know, stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, et cetera, and so forth, uh, or just life happened. And, you know, then we begin to kind of maybe do some volunteer work, et cetera. Make sure that you add this volunteer work experience as well uh, and kind of treat it similar to the work experience where list the name of the organization, what it does, and what you did uh, in that or, uh, organization. Now, if you belong to any professional associations, list those here uh, as well. Also, if you speak multiple languages, LinkedIn gives us the ability to list those languages that we speak and then also indicate our level of proficiency. And then lastly, recommendations. This is another important area. So, First of all, you need to be connected to, to someone in order for them to write your recommendation. When someone, uh, when you request a recommendation, um, what, uh, what you have three options once they've written that recommendation. Number one is you can accept that recommendation and it goes onto your LinkedIn profile. Number two, you can ask that person to make some edits some changes. And then number three, you can also reject that recommendation. So you have control as to what shows up on your profile. Now, here's some tips when, when asking for recommendations. First of all, you can ask recommendations from you know, your, maybe your current boss, former boss, current colleagues, former colleagues, anyone that has seen and, and can vouch for whatever it is that you're going to ask them to write about. In fact, speaking about whatever it is, Give people some guidance about what you want them to talk about. Don't just say, Oscar, can you write me a recommendation? No. Hey, John, you know that presentation that I did on career development? Can you write a recommendation on my um, training skills, on my public speaking skills? See, that gives them some parameters on what to write. And, uh, and so reach out to your network and ask for recommendations. Also, feel free to write recommendations for other people. You can write a recommendation for someone, they'll get notified and then it's up to them if they wanna accept the recommendation. But I guarantee you, most often than not, they will accept that recommendation. So we've talked about a professional brand, what makes up a professional brand. We talked about the importance of having a why statement, communicating it. And then we've also just talked about our optimizing our LinkedIn profile. Now we're ready to grow our network. This is very important. So as an introvert, I always struggled with networking. Networking was scary. When I worked in tech um, and uh, in sales, 
we would have trade shows or we would go to conferences and sometimes we would host these mixers and invite people right to come and here i am you know standing around with my drink and you know it's like oh what do i say to this person oh my gosh and like memorizing my elevator pitch and this and that and so forth and it was just it was scary a lot of stress and then one day i said wait a minute i'm a friendly person i want to make friends networking i just need to approach it as if like i want to be your friend and so when i switched in my mind that networking is being a friend it just took the pressure off of me because i am a friendly person and like i can virtually reach out to you i'm like hi i'm oscar garcia now i also have to understand that not everyone's going to reciprocate either and i need to be okay with that but being a friend i'm a friendly person i can be that so that's how i want you to think of making connections networking as being a friend so who do you connect with? Here are some recommendations. Connect with people with whom you work with, you know, supervisors, colleagues, vendors, partners, uh, people that are in the same occupation, same industry, same occupation, different industry, target companies, people obviously, Palo Alto Networks, and then alumni. Actually, Alumni is probably the easiest group of people to connect with. I went to UC Berkeley and almost 99.9% .9 of the time when someone from Cal sends me an invitation to connect, I'm going to connect with them because we have something in common, right? Now, here's also some tips here as well in terms of connecting. Look at your notifications. Every time someone might comment on a post, engaged, like it, et cetera, right? That's a good place. Uh, who's viewed your profile. This is an excellent feature that LinkedIn has, uh, and I hope they never get rid of it because someone looks at your profile uh, and then you look at your profile, you know, it's kind of that virtual sort of kind of handshake that you're extending to each other. Um, the views on your post. Also, when you are looking at other people's posts, right? I oftentimes look at other people's posts and I see like, oh my gosh, this person works here, does this and that. You know, and there have been situations where I've sent an invitation to connect to some of these people. And then, of course, mutual connections. Mutual connections are people that um, maybe you and I uh, are connected to, but then we see that, oh, we have some common people here. All right. I want to talk first, though, about some don'ts and do's. I'm going to start off with the don'ts, okay? Usually we talk about the do's first, but I'm going to talk about some things not to do. First of all, don't just hit the plus symbol to connect with people, okay? Don't just do that, personalize that message. Number two, don't start asking for a job, okay? Develop that relationship, develop that relationship first. Then you can reach out to them uh, and ask them for some assistance with job opportunities and introduction and so forth. Um, you know, again, personalize that me message. I'm gonna give you some examples of um, what you can say to someone. Um, lead with a compliment, right? That's always a good, look at people's profiles, find something that you can compliment them on, or maybe that's on a post, lead with that too as well. And then follow up with people. Sometimes, you know, people will accept your invitation and they don't comment back because they're busy or whatever, they just don't know how, who knows? You know what, follow up with a, with a message uh, of a thank you note for them accepting your invitation to connect. 
So personalizing messages, very, very important, okay? Here's an example of a senior in high school who reached out to me, Dania, via LinkedIn, and she personalized it, right? She said, hello, Oscar. My name is Dania, and I'm a student intern with Yakinex. I would love to get 15 minutes of your time to get your feedback on setting up uh, professional development sessions for like, you know, high school students. I would present about LinkedIn, email etiquette, et cetera. Looking forward to hearing from you. I accepted it. We ended up having a conversation and so forth. But again, you notice how she personalized it very short and she told me why she wanted to connect. Remember I mentioned about following up. This is also Dania's follow-up email after we had about a 30 minute Zoom call. And very professional, you know, thanks, thanks me for uh, our time, et cetera, and so forth. But the thing, too, that I want to point out to you as a job seeker, you notice how in her personal email, she has an email signature? Yeah. See, most of us use our personal email when we're job seeking, uh, job uh, seeking, and we just treat it like that as a personal email. I would encourage you to add an email signature. Maybe have a link to your LinkedIn profile, or if you have a personal website or anything that you want, maybe it's your online portfolio, and have that as part of your email signature. It just makes it look nice and tight, nice and professional. All right. Here's an example of a cold connection request that I did. So David Quevedo, it is, he is the Vice President of Global HR Services at VMware. Obviously, the top person in human resources, okay, an executive. One day at night, I was perusing my LinkedIn feed, and I came across an article that someone in my network commented or shared, and it was about David. It was about David and his family, their um, uh, immigrant story. And I read it and I was like, wow, I connected with him. I res resonated with him. And so immediately I looked him up on LinkedIn and I sent David this message. And I said, hi, David, I just read your story. Inspiring. My parents were migrant workers and I can relate to your story. I welcome the opportunity to connect with you on LinkedIn. Within five minutes of sending David this invitation to uh, uh, request, he accepted my invitation and we are now connected on LinkedIn. This now is the start of building that uh, uh, virtual uh, relationship. He sees my post, I see his post, I can comment on his post, et cetera, and so forth. Now, remember about connecting with uh, alumni here? Here's an example. So let's say you wanna connect with Giselle who is in uh, real estate for Zendex. And you can send this message that says, hello, Giselle, I see that you graduated from Chabot College. I'm currently a student at Chabot, okay? Or, hey, I just recently graduated from Chabot College. I'm interested in pursuing a career in commercial real estate. I would appreciate connecting on LinkedIn. Just keeping it really simple. And you're obviously using that alumni uh, connection there that you're stating. Now, I am sometimes asked who to connect with. And I'm gonna tell you something. There are some people that are on one end of the spectrum that don't connect with people unless they know them. And then on the other end of the spectrum are the open connectors that they will connect with anyone. I'm kind of more in the middle. 
you choose what is right for you, but I do want to share with you the criteria that I use and why I'm kind of more in the middle. Okay. So first of all, what I look at is, can I help you? Can you help me? Can we add value to each other? Okay. Is there meaning here? Can we take it further and so forth? Number two criteria is, do we have any mutual connections? And if the answer is yes, who are these mutual connections? Why is that important to me? It's important because I know some of my friends, right? And I know who the kind of person they are and who they associate with. And so essentially, you know, I look at it as that if this person is connected with you, then, you know, you're probably a good person too, type of thing. So that's what I mean by mutual connections. Number three is where are you located geographically? Now, my business over the last three years has really grown internationally. I have now done trainings, uh, trained professionals across five continents. But prior to that, it was really primarily mostly in the U.S. I remember before going to Panama, I only had one person that I was connected to in Panama. Now I probably have like over 300 people. So, you know, for you, maybe it's like, you know, maybe you're like, yeah, I'm okay moving, you know, to Europe or whatever, or here or there, or, you know what, I just, you know, want to focus on people that are here just in, you know, the US or California or whatever. But geographic location is another thing that I uh, look at. So again, can I add value? Can we add value to each other? Uh, who are the mutual connections and where are you located geographically? Okay. So now here's where some of the fun uh, comes in with uh, LinkedIn, and that is um, sh uh, sharing our expertise. See, one of the challenges that I see many professionals it, um, have is that um, we are good at telling people that we are the best at what we do, because that's what a resume does, right? It's a summary of our experience and our accomplishments, right? So we're really good at telling it or writing it. Um, or in some cases, you know, we are really good at creating our LinkedIn profile where we are telling the world that we are the best. But what I tell people is, I want you to go back to second grade when we would have show and tell. And I remember I would bring my little yellow Tonka truck, right? I'd be in front of the class and I'd be like, hi, everyone, you know, this is my little yellow truck, you know, this is what I do with it, et cetera, and so forth. I didn't just come up and be like, hi, everyone. So at home, I have a yellow Tonka truck. And let me explain to it. No, show and tell. That's what I want you to do. I want you to show and tell, okay? So first of all, in terms of content, okay? Because we have to uh, share content. I encourage you to follow the rule of thirds. The rule of thirds says that a third of what we share online should be about our personal brand. The next third should be about industry information. And the last third should be other people's content. Very simple. So where do we find content? First of all, you can create some news alerts. I have uh, uh, created some uh, Google news alerts. And for some keywords like LinkedIn training, community relations, workforce development, every time there's an article out there, um, uh, uh, Google uh, News Alerts sends me a, emails me a message and I could just peruse through that and off we go. Also, 
Um, I use an app, it's free called Flipboard. It's a news aggregator app. So in one location, I have um, my keywords information. And again, I just scan through the news aggregator app. Number two, you can find content on other social media platforms and share it on LinkedIn or take what's on LinkedIn and share it on other social media platforms so you can cross pollinate. Also, just like on uh, other platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, how you can follow hashtags, you can do the same thing on LinkedIn, follow certain hashtags. The benefit of following uh, hashtags on LinkedIn is number one, it increases chances that when someone shares content and has the hashtag you're following, you're going to see that um, that uh, that that information that post. Number two. Also, it gives you the ability to comment and learn and educate yourself on that, uh, that information and piece of content. And then, of course, from a networking standpoint, you know, there'd be other people most likely engaging with that post. And so it also helps you expand and grow your network. Lastly, number three is you can create content. And I want to show you some very simple ways that you can create content. So I'm not a graphic design person or anything like that. but First of all, on the upper right, that is obviously a picture of me giving a presentation. Someone took that picture. I then took it and I put my own little quote there and I shared it uh, on LinkedIn and also um, another social media platforms. On the upper left, it is a slide presentation that I created and I uploaded to a site called um, SlideShare. And that, is, that presentation, are tips to help startups when they are doing, uh, when they're beta testing their product and, and uh, want to do some community outreach. On the bottom is an infographic that I again created with 11 tips to help nonprofits um, do a uh, use LinkedIn for fundraising. Again, my own opinion thoughts. So think about it. From your standpoint, can you create what are the top five things that a software developer needs to do in order to minimize bugs, okay? Or just think of those scenarios, right? Could you come up with something very simple and share that as a piece of content? Now, there are three simple things that we can do uh, on LinkedIn and social media, quite frankly, okay? Number one is we can like a post. Very simple, probably takes two seconds, if that, just like. Number two, comment on a post. If you're just starting off, something simple that you can say is, hi, Oscar, thanks for sharing that post. It was very helpful. That's it. As you get more comfortable, you can elaborate some more, okay? You know, as we say, give your two cents. And then lastly, share a post. So I, I go from the most simplest and easiest thing to do, like to next comment, and then share a post is gonna take more time. Why? Because you need to find the content. You need to um, uh, add uh, uh, a, a short little paragraph or kind of preface why it is that you're sharing what you're sharing. Okay. I'm going to end here with leaving you with three job search strategies. So one of the things is I want you to always think of the ABCs. And for me, the ABCs is always be connecting, always be connecting. Folks, when you are, whether you're starting off doing informational interviews, whether you are, you know, 
hot heavy in that interview process, always look, ask people if you could connect with them. It is no different than, you know, back in the day when we were doing live interviews that we would ask, hey, do, you know, do you have a business card? You know, and you follow up with them. And these are the different people that you can connect with. Obviously, a recruiter, if you're working with one, the hiring manager is the other. But number three, the champion. The champion is someone that knows you, that is advocating for you. Obviously, make sure that you're connecting with them on LinkedIn. Um, a close friend. I mean, you know, that's pretty common sense, right? A close friend. And then lastly, an influencer. Don't neglect that person who welcomed you or is organizing your interviews and connecting with them. You just never know the influence that that person might have with a recruiter, hiring manager, or anyone in that um, interviewing uh, process. Now, here are some uh, five tips to strategically engage with people. One, like I mentioned earlier, follow those hashtags. Number two, you can follow employees. So if you go to Palo Alto Network's uh, LinkedIn page, you're going to see some uh, employees that work there, right? Because they've indicated that that's where they work. You can send them an invitation to connect, but if you're a little hesitant or you're just not ready to connect with them, send them an invitation. LinkedIn allows you to follow people, okay? So you can do that. Also, um, look at being able to um, target, you know, your comments, be more strategic. Um, and I'll get into it in point number five more specifically what I mean by that. Number four, just like many other social media platforms, LinkedIn also has a LinkedIn Stories feature, which allows you to record or share a 15 to 20 second uh, post. Uh, uh, and, and in here, it's really these LinkedIn Stories, you can use it to highlight in a very concise manner your expertise or maybe a short little video, et cetera. Take advantage of that. Number five, the 20-5 rule, the 25 rule. This is something that I came up with and I use this. What I oftentimes what I do is as I'm scrolling my newsfeed, again, I'm being very strategic in my engagement. And so if I come across a post that has at least 20 likes, okay, thumbs up, the hearts, that support, et cetera, and then also at least has five comments, I will then go into that post read, right? And assuming I'm not just going to fake it here, but I'm going to, you know, if I feel that I can contribute to it, I will comment. And what happens is when I make a comment, all 20 of those people that did the thumbs up and the, the heart and so forth, plus the five people that commented are going to get alerted that I made a comment. And it's a nice subtle way to increase my network awareness because what happens is sometimes people then go check out my profile and um, that leads to connecting and expanding my network so the other thing that i encourage you to do please 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 engage with palo alto networks company page on linkedin here's a quick snapshot there's a lot of information read up on them etc and so forth their posts you know go in there and comment and start engaging familiarize yourself with the company the culture the people the products what are some of the challenges maybe that the company has gone through over the last year as a result of the pandemic 
Next, I want to give you some virtual interview tips because that's what we're doing, okay? At least for the foreseeable future. Number one, practice, practice, practice. So you can actually get a free Zoom account. It gives you up to 40 minutes. Get it. And, you know, you can invite a friend of yours to a Zoom uh, call where you are practicing the interview so you can get more comfortable doing it. Over a year ago, when the pandemic first happened, I was used to doing live talks, right? I wasn't used to just being confined here to, you know, six feet one way, six feet, not even six feet, but six inches to my left and my right and so forth, right? Because I had to be in front of this little camera. And my first several presentations, they were horrible, okay? And, but I kept doing it, kept doing it, right? And over time, I've gotten better at it. So practice, practice, practice. Make sure that you test the equipment, the applications that you're going to use. Also, the lighting is very important. Ring lights are probably one of the best inventions here, <laughs> okay? Get yourself uh, some, uh, uh, a ring light or just make sure, you know, if you um, have natural lighting that you position yourself so that the natural lighting is hitting your face. Uh, I've seen situations where the natural lighting is behind the person's head and obviously their face looks dark. It's hard, it's hard to see them. Um, your background, you know, with Zoom and other applications, uh, we have the ability to change our background. So maybe you want to add a background, you know, with Palo Alto Network logo or something like that, or maybe, you know, you know, a background that that is in alignment with the type of work that you do with your brand. Also, focus on the camera. Imagine that camera is the eyeballs of the person you're talking to. All right, focus on that camera. And then lastly, use notes wisely. That's one of the nice things. Even if you were in a face-to-face -face interview, um, you'd be taking notes. So feel free to take some notes. Let the person know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be taking some notes here, but make sure you do that. I'm gonna leave you with a daily job search plan. There's a lot of information that I cover, but like I said, I wanna keep things very simple, very practical and actionable. Okay, so here we go. This is a daily job search plan. And I want you to spend 10 minutes, at least in the beginning for the first few weeks, 10 minutes a day. So on Monday, okay, and you can start this whenever, okay, but let's just keep it simple. On Monday, what I want you to do is I want you to clean up and or create your social media you know, clean up sometimes, you know, we might need to do some spring cleanup or in spring season and go into our social media and just kind of untag ourselves, get rid of some stuff that just isn't, doesn't jive with our job or the position that we're interested in, you know, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, create social media, you know, maybe some of you need to create a LinkedIn account. Maybe some of you need to go in and again, update your LinkedIn profile. On Tuesday, this is here, update that LinkedIn profile. This is where I really want you to be more intentional in taking this, the tips that I gave you to start updating that LinkedIn profile. On Wednesday, start engaging with content or sharing content. And again, start with the most simplest thing and that is liking a post. You can then go to comment and then you can go to share a post. On Thursday, it's about networking. I want you to reach out to three to five contacts. Don't ask him for anything. Just check up on them. Hey, 
Paul, you know, we haven't talked in a long time. Just want to know what you've been up to. This is what's going on with me, et cetera. You know, just reach out to them. And I don't care if you reach out to them via LinkedIn, if you text, message them, email them, doesn't matter. And then on Friday, I want you to practice your virtual interviewing. Because like I said, we need to practice, practice, practice. Find your groove, however it is that you feel uh, that works for you. For me as a speaker, when I, when I was in person, I, I was standing up. Even to this day, I'm standing uh, as well. That's my, this is my groove. So I am confident that if you implement the tips that I taught you to, uh, in this training, you will position yourselves so that you attract opportunities. So you attract opportunities. I wanna thank you for your time. And there is my contact information. If you wanna reach out to me, of course, you can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com.